Hello! Welcome to The Costumiers. I'm Penny. And I'm Lucy. And you're listening to episode 6 and the second in our series of shots. In this episode, we're going to briefly be delving into the history and theory of the hemline. The rise and fall of the hemline in women's fashion is something that has constantly changed over the decades. One look is never settled on for long before the freshest idea of the time takes over. And there are so many outside influences that determine what's currently fashionable. But did you ever think that it could be linked to something as styleless as the economy? In this episode, we're going to be looking at the correlation between the rising and plummeting financial situations in the world and its link between how women present themselves. Is it just another mad theory that cooked up by the media to sway the general public? Or could there possibly be relevance? (laughs) Well, according to The Economist, George Taylor, there is. He came up with the idea in the mid-1920s of something called the hemline index, which is a theory that suggests that skirt lengths or hemlines rise or fall along with the economy or stock market prices. And he studied this seemingly tenuous link in a PhD thesis that he had titled Significant Post-War Changes in the Full-Fashioned Hosiery Industry, which basically explored why the hosiery industry had explosive growth in the 1920s. And he discovered that actually there was, in fact, a trend. Ah, well, in booming times, obviously skirts were short and times of hardship, the hemlines became longer. Yeah. His theory was down to the affordability of silk stockings. How fancy. Yeah. Yeah, because it would be silk or nylon, wouldn't yeah. it? But, yeah. Mm. I mean, nowadays it's just... <laughs> <laughs> if you were doing well, then you would wear something to show off the hosiery, obviously, that you'd, you know, you'd saved up for and that you'd, yeah. you know, you'd gone to the shop and you'd bought it yourself. Yeah. And on the flip side, you'd be wearing a longer skirt to, you know, you didn't want to have your bare legs out, did you, really? <laughs> well, do you know what? You say that, but actually, um, during the war, that people would put makeup on their legs and draw a line down the back with <gasps> eyebrow pencil if you really... Because obviously they rationed things and... Yeah, if you, you really, wouldn't want to be judged. Yeah. yeah, if you really couldn't afford it. I mean, yeah, on the one side, you could just wear a long skirt, but if it wasn't the fashion, they would draw a line down the back of their leg. That's such a good idea. Imagine smudging it, though. I mean, you must... There'll have been something around, as you said, that yeah. We'll have to find that and put it on the Instagram. Yeah, there's definitely... I've definitely seen something about that. Yeah. I think the closest I ever got to that was, you know, if you wore, like, a pair of black tights, I mm. got this advice from my friends or something that would say, you know, if you've got black tights on, put some... If you've got, you know, a ladder coming, just put some black nail varnish on and, you know, it'll, like, solidify it and it won't let it grow. Yeah. And, you know, like, it, it wouldn't be obvious, you know, I've got a blue one for my blue tights, obviously glittery <laughs> tights have some glittery nail polish. And it would set it all night. Yeah, I've definitely had a hole in my tights before and just coloured in the hole with Sharpie. <laughs> that is a full-on admission. Well, you know, like, sometimes it's a costume hack. Sometimes yeah. you've got to do it. So, let's look back at a few decades through the past 20th century, and you might spot some of the hemline index for yourself. I reckon let's start where the theory began in the 1920s. Um, The era saw a plethora of short skirt fashion styles. It was the flapper era that was in full swing, pardon the pun, (laughs) and those sequined and bedazzled uh, bedazzled shift dresses were rising up along with the stock market it was definitely a time of prosperity and parties yeah it was all about the dancing wasn't it yeah i guess that's what happens when you suddenly have a lot of disposable income (laughs) yeah (laughs) well actually a few good films to check out if you're into kind of that flapper style would be the great gatsby in 2013 and midnight in paris in 2011 and yes, they're both a modern twist. Yeah. yeah. They're kind of more of a contemporary um, take on the flapper style, but it does show them in full glory. 
so yeah, sadly, then in the 1930s, her minds began falling again during what were known as the Great Depression. Obviously, the severe worldwide economic depression that hit the US particularly hard. Yeah. So the next decade is probably a controversial one in terms of this theory, because during the 1940s, skirt lengths had actually climbed back up and were sitting around the knees. However, an argument for this could well have been due to the fact that it was rationing and, you know, people didn't have the fabric rather than a sign of wealth. Yeah, well, roll on 1947 when Christian Dior released his new collection, The New Look, and the silhouette of the cinched in waist and the very full, voluptuous skirts. And some people obviously loved the look, and it was a way to reclaim their style and the extravagance again, whilst others were obviously in outrage because it was such a wasteful amount of fabric used compared to the wartime rationing they'd just had a few years before. Yeah, absolutely. So, actually, in this decade, the supposed hemline index is actually reversed. It's still correlating with the economy, but up until now, the theory had meant that more money equaled short skirt. However, in the late 40s and into the 50s, more money equaled a longer skirt. But once the market had righted itself, a slow and steady rise began, introducing us to the miniskirts of the swinging 60s and they reached dizzying heights. Skirts that were the shortest to have ever been seen to date, especially amongst teenagers who were now the new focus of so many fashion designers because they had their own money to spend. And Mary Kwan being one of them who is said to be the pioneer of the miniskirt. Yeah, did you see the amazing exhibition at the V&A in 2019 on Mary Kwan? Did I? (laughs) Of course you did. (laughs) Why have I asked that question? I think I went three times. Yeah. And actually, there's currently one on at the Fashion and Textiles Museum in London as well, which yeah. we've mentioned on our Instagram a couple of times. Yeah. I've recently been. It's near London Bridge. Yeah. Yeah, it's in Bermondsey, and it's called The Beautiful People, The Boutique in 1960s Counterculture, and it's on until March this year, so get yourselves there. You have to book in advance. Yeah. Um, and it's great. It included fashion from Bieber, uh, Granny Takes a Trip, Hung on You, Aussie Clark, which was so great because... They were showing these boutiques that paved the way for these, you know, the teenagers and young people. And yeah. it was it's like they, a fashion revolution. Yeah, they were yeah. showing you things that were on the peg. There were things you could go out and afford to yeah. buy. It wasn't hot couture. Yeah. It wasn't stuff that was, you know, unachievable. You could go out and buy these things. But, but it was equally as flamboyant and extravagant as something that you would think would be hot couture, but it would be something you could buy from a high street shop. Yeah. So it was like bringing these high fashion ideas to affordable shops on the high street for teenagers to be going out and wearing this yeah. like incredibly new fashion style. So, of course, as you can predict, the skirt hemlines dropped again when it came to the next decade, the 1970s. Yeah. <laughs> the multitude of economic problems throughout the 1970s in the UK, such as the energy crisis, the mass unemployment and the rapid inflation, all led to the longest style of skirt. Maxi dresses and skirts, which were ankle or floor length, were incredibly popular during this time. I love a maxi. Me too. I'm a big <laughs> 70s clothing fan. I guess people often refer to the 1970s as like that hippie boho style and nothing was form-fitting. Yeah, and and actually some of the styles also reflected elements of the 1930s, you know, with the slightly puffed sleeves and, and the collars and things. Yeah. And so you can see similar design features across both decades, both times of hardship. Yeah. A beautiful example of 70s fashion in film can be seen in the 1999 Sofia Coppola movie, The Virgin Suicides. 
with um, Kirsten Dunst in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and she plays one of the sisters who are all often costumed in soft flowing maxi dresses. Yeah, but by the late 1970s, skirts once again began to shorten and the disco age began. (laughs) Dancing was popular again like it was in the 1920s and with films released like Saturday Night Fever from 1977, we saw Karen Lynn Gorney dancing with John Travolta and she was in dresses falling to the calf, which was just below the knee, which is a rise up from the earlier 1970s maxi length. Skirts then continued their upward journey as we go into the 1980s. Welcome the power suits and bodycon dresses which were clothing the wealthy elite of the millionaire boom. Due to new tax laws in the United States, the rich became even richer and one estimate was that by 1987 there were 1.2 million millionaires in the USA. Oh, that's so many. I know. Well, this fashion was widely copied by the general public, with some women becoming powerhouses of the workforce and reclaiming their sexuality. Some famous 1980s icons that you'll probably know are Madonna, Cyndi Lauper, Brooke Shields and Kylie Minogue, who all sported that short miniskirt. You know what? I'm probably thinking that out of all of the eras, the 1980s is my least favourite, fashion-wise. <laughs> I just feel like it all got a bit cheesy and... I liked all the colour. Yeah, I liked the colour, but it just... <laughs> you just yeah. didn't like that. I mean, I'm a big 60s and 70s fan, but then when I think about it, like, I love the 50s too, and the 40s was gorgeous, and the 30s and the 20s, twi- like, there's everything that I love about each era, each different element, but just the 80s, I'm like, nah, you look ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, the problem with this hemline index theory as we get into these later decades, is that we're not taking into account subcultures and it then becomes increasingly tricky because let's not forget that everybody isn't a follower of fashion and current trends. Some people march to the beat of their own drum and use clothing to express their individuality instead of keeping bang up to date with what's on the runway. Yeah, if we take the 1970s for example, it wasn't just maxi skirts, there was also punk pioneered by Vivian Westwood who worked alongside bands like the Sex Pistols to create a fierce aesthetic that was exact opposite to the flowing foreign maxi dresses that we know of the time. Yeah, exactly. And so when we look at the 1990s, movements such as grunge with the baggy clothing and longer skirts were running alongside trends such as the mini skirts that we've seen in films like Clueless from 1995. Yeah, exactly. You just start to get more of a mishmash of people just doing what they like. Yeah. And as time moves on, we see less and less of this correlation between the economy and specific hemlines. Especially as fast fashion becomes available, it's provided us with the choice and accessibility of all styles at all times across all price ranges. So individuals will be able to express themselves however they wish. Yeah, it's so easy now just to buy what you want online. Yeah, and be who you want to be and not just conform to the norm. Yeah, it's just, it is so accessible now. Yeah. I guess in the more recent of times, interestingly, it does seem that the economy and sombre mood of the world have now in fact played a part once again in what we choose to wear. Yeah, due to the recent pandemic, sales in loungewear and, you know, jogging bombs, elasticated waist fashion has rocketed. So many people in the UK now still work from home due to this and are preparing to stay safely indoors in the comfort of their own home instead of heading out, getting all doled up on the town like how we used to. Yeah, I've got skirts in my wardrobe that I've not touched. Yeah, I've got so (laughs) much party wear that I haven't worn in ages. And you you just can't help now that realise that actually 
the the mood of the world is definitely dictating yeah. what we're wearing again and without us even realizing it we're all bursting to go out and do things and get dressed up but it does certainly feel like a lot of people prefer to stay in now whether it's safer or not sometimes it's cheaper right yeah. you know we've just kind of fallen yeah. out of the habit of doing it and every weekend or whatever and yeah, yeah, people are still doing it. I love seeing people get dressed up and go out, but yeah. it's just so different to how it was. I wonder, I wonder if now, off the back of this then, mm-hmm. basically the exact opposite will happen again, but correlating again. So basically, as things start to boom again and pick back up, I wonder if fashion will go so OTT, because yeah. we, we've been it's so been deprived. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. everyone goes a bit avant-garde. Mm, that'd be amazing. <laughs> it would be really good, wouldn't it? Well, status and subculture aside, we can clearly see that with the general public, there's no denying that when times are hard, people seem to dress more conservatively. We're more likely to gravitate towards certain styles that reflect our current mood, which could very well be influenced by the status of the world around us. And this seems to be evidenced at various times throughout history, especially in the 20th century. Yeah, I guess if you were to draw a graph, you'd probably see a big zigzag going across the decades we've just talked about, up and down, up and down. Well, luckily today, we live in an age where it's widely accepted to wear what feels comfortable to you without having to stick to a trend. Well, we hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Costumiers. Thanks again for joining us. And we hope you've not got whiplash from the ever-changing hemlines. (laughs) (laughs) We've had a lot of fun researching this one, actually. Thanks again for listening and tune in next time. Bye!